successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to Grill Nation on 980 AM KMBZ and on GrillNationShow.com. Appreciate you listening today via podcast as well on iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Uh, going to be a fun show today. Uh, we have a lot of uh, things to talk about regarding uh, Kansas City and entrepreneurship as well as development and all around our city. And I'm lucky to uh, have on today one of our great partners and supporters of Grill Nation, uh, title sponsors of the show, MoBank BOK Financial. I have uh, Michael Viazzoli, who is the president and chief executive officer of MoBank and BOK Financial, and Michael has brought a guest with him today, and uh, a man has uh, done some really cool things here throughout the era for many years with UCB Development. Uh, John Hoffman is also joining me today in studio. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Hello. Good, good to be here. So, Michael, kind of uh, introduce uh, our guest here and how uh, you guys kind of got connected, because I'm looking through the, uh, the website and uh, his bio, and I'm just... Uh, I'm getting excited about everything he's been doing in Kansas City in the future. Well, it's a really neat story. Uh, John's been a client of MoBank for many, many years. And after we announced that we were going to team up with MoBank, one of the first events I went to, I met John and, and we talked about the history of that relationship and just all the things that he's been doing in the community. And then um, just been able to follow it over the last 18 months or so and and uh, just as we were thinking about this show and what it encompasses and what it tries to share, John and his company and what he's been doing over the years just naturally came to, to fit in line with that. Mm-hmm. And the website is uc-bproperties.com. Um, John, kind of tell us a little bit about your background. I know you went to the University of Wisconsin and uh, have done some amazing things here in Kansas City, but kind of take us through just kind of, uh, you know, the, the elevator pitch, I guess, the elevator speech of how you uh, kind of got into this industry and, and why you're so passionate about it. Well, after uh, college, I um, was uh, headed for grad school when uh, President Kennedy talked about uh, ask not what uh, your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Right. And uh, at that time, Bobby Kennedy and uh, Sergeant Shriver and Jay uh, – Rockefeller came to the University of Wisconsin campus and talked about the Peace Corps. And uh, a lot of us at the University of Wisconsin, it was a pretty liberal campus. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe it isn't quite as liberal today, but in those days uh, it was. And um, a lot of us joined up. It was mm-hmm. the first year of the Peace Corps. I wound up going to uh, Bogota, Colombia mm. in an educational television project. And afterwards, I worked on the staff of the Peace Corps and Sergeant Shriver's office in D.C. And uh, uh, for those of you who remember back in the 60s, that's when the Vietnam War began to build up. Mm-hmm. And I thought I had missed it, but uh, got drafted, uh, became an officer, 
wound up at Fort Riley, Kansas. Hmm. Okay. So not uh, too far away. Not too far away. But that's kind of how you ended up here. And uh, I never went to Vietnam. Hmm. I was coaching Little League Baseball, and the battalion commander came down one day, and he said, well, uh, Lieutenant, you got your orders for Vietnam. And I said, well, when do I have to report? And he said, well, uh, do you want the good news or the bad news? Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, well, what kind of good news do you have? And he said, well, I really don't want to lose my Little League baseball coach. <laughs> so I put somebody else in uh, your spot to, to go to Vietnam. Wow. So I never went, wound up uh, getting out of the Army and marrying a, a teacher from Kansas City. My parents still lived in Kansas City in Brookside. Mm-hmm. And um, I came back here. Right. Had a 33-year career with uh, Dean Witter and then Morgan Stanley. So I learned uh how to uh market uh stocks and bonds and help people with their uh, financial planning mm-hmm. and i always felt there was something missing in what i was doing and that was giving back to the community so uh along the way i became uh involved with the historic kansas city foundation wound up being president and uh I got I had always been interested because my grandfather uh, was Isaac Katz, who was the founder of the Katz Drug Stores, which through several iterations became CVS. Hmm. But I used to hang out downtown. Oh, right. You're, yeah. an, you're an urban guy. I am a very urban guy. Yeah. And grew up in Brookside, wound up uh, living uh, between Brookside and, and the plaza uh, most of my life. And... Uh, and my kids uh, grew up and uh, m- both moved away. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to stay in a you know, 7,000 square foot house. It was just the two of us. And we wound up uh, in the river market. Okay. And that's when I began to uh, develop. Interesting. I retired in 02 from uh, Morgan Stanley. And I took my background in uh, finance and I began to uh, apply it to uh, development. So you've you've only been in the development piece for fifteen years. Just fifteen years. It's amazing considering everything you've you've built up that portfolio. Well, <clears throat> I'm a grassroots type of person, and uh, uh, I put my money where my, my mouth is. And if I have a good banker uh, to go along <laughs> with me, uh, we can do a lot of good things. But I I'm a uh, visionary. I look forward. I I look backwards in a way to see what what's happened. Mm-hmm. and what Kansas City was 100 years ago. And I reference uh, all those uh, beautiful buildings and parkways and and uh, parks and boulevards uh, when I uh, – and now I'm with my son-in-law. Uh, they, they moved back here uh, five years ago, mm-hmm. uh, he and my daughter. And she's an urban planner also. She has her master's from uh, Penn. And her background was at Sasaki, who did the downtown plan for Kansas City. Mm-hmm. So it all become, it kind of comes back together again. We have about a minute and a half left in this segment. Um, let's just kind of touch upon Kansas City right now. I mean, it sounds like just from talking to you off, on air and off air that you're really excited about some of the things that are happening in the urban core. Well, we chose um, uh, urban and east. And we did that because we felt that it was timely, that people, young people especially, were beginning to move back to the urban core. We saw what was happening uh, in the Power and Light District. Mm -hmm. 
we didn't want to be in that uh, arena because there were so many players. Mm-hmm. So uh, we picked uh, uh, the, the area just south of Crown Center, which we call uh, a Longfellow neighborhood, mm-hmm. Gillum Road. And uh, then we stretched over into Troost and a little bit east of Troost in the Beacon Hill area. And we've built uh, over 20 homes and sold every one of them. And um, we're scheduled to begin uh, another 30 in the next uh, six months. Mm -hmm. And if you go to the website, uc-bproperties.com, you can see that the architecture on these houses is amazing. Um, You're, you know, you've got specs, you've got houses you can, people can look at. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. And you have descriptions of all the different neighborhoods, uh, which you mentioned, Beacon Hill, Brookside, Hyde Park, Longfellow, East, Building on Truce. We're going to get into all that in the show because you're working on some really cool projects, including one uh, near Crown Center as well. John Hoffman is our guest today. I'm also joined by Michael Viazzoli, President and Chief Executive Officer of MoBank and BOK Financial. You're listening to Grill Nation. We'll be right back after the break. Thanks for joining us today on 980 AM. Welcome back to Grill Nation on 980 AM. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Appreciate you joining us today. Uh, it's been a lot of fun so far and really excited to continue our conversation uh, with John Hoffman, uh, UCB Properties. The website is uc-bproperties.com. I uh, really want to thank our partner and supporter of the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill on 980 AM, uh, MoBank and BOK Financial. Uh, Michael Viazzoli, the president and CEO, is with us as well today. And, you know, John, there's just, there's so many things you're working on, uh, to, to just build some really cool contemporary houses and, and rehab houses throughout this area. Um, let's talk about one of the projects kind of maybe that you're uh, very excited about, uh, Gillum Park. Uh, talk to me about that and, and kind of tell our listeners where that is exactly and what you're doing over there. Well, five years ago, uh, we had pretty much completed the area around the filling station at 30th and Gillum mm-hmm. uh, to the east, and uh, we were out of property. So uh, my son-in-law, Lance, and I began to look around, and we saw the, this empty lot at 30, uh, between 36th and 37th and Gillum where there had been a uh, drug-infested uh, apartment building for the last 30 years, and the city finally came in and tore it down. They didn't just close it up. They tore it down. And we uh, brought the property. It, it came with a 1897 house next door that had been so encumbered in the uh, uh, previous transactions that mm-hmm. we had to buy the house to get the land. Mm-hmm. So we came in and we restored the house at 3614 Gillum. It had been vacant for 12 years. And um, a wonderful uh, couple, uh, she's the uh, CEO of... Uh, 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 of a, a not-for-profit at 37th and Main, so she could walk, uh, That's walk awesome. to work. She loved it. And that area is kind of growing pretty quickly, I feel like. Well, it is. Uh, Hyde Park itself has been fairly stable, and there's not many areas to grow. Uh, Mac Properties uh, out of Chicago came in and uh, took on uh, Armor Boulevard and did a really great job. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're small. 
uh, there's only uh, six employees at, at UCB Properties. So we have to uh, measure our development. So we bought the land. We designed. We only use local uh, architects. Yeah, and your 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 builds look incredible. Um, just, you know, I told you off air, like, hey, I need to talk to some of your guys because they're building homes that are just so cool. Um, and also, too, you, you mentioned uh, kind of close to that area is Crown Center. And so well, you're going to be hot and heavy there with something development around there, right? Well, what happened in Crown Center is interesting. Uh, they had never sold uh, any of their property, ever. Mm-hmm. And, and is that the Halls or is that? The Hall family. Okay, the Hall family. So, uh, but. Uh, there are all those surface parking lots over there by Hallmark. Right. right that we that we kind of forget about, you well, know, downtown. Uh, they used to be full. Yeah. But when the internet came in and <laughs> uh, people weren't sending as many uh, Christmas cards. Yeah. Uh, they became uh, excess property. Mm-hmm. So uh, Bill Lucas, who was then uh, head of uh, Crown Center Redevelopment, uh, uh, was a friend, and he used to have us come in and talk to him about what we were doing at uh, 30th and Gillum mm-hmm. with the filling station and everything around it. He And one day he said, well, why don't you come in and talk to us? So we came in, and he said, you know, uh, we want to do something with, with these uh, empty lots empty parking lots so we made a proposal long story short uh they sold us the land but it was a much bigger project than we'd ever uh tackled so we mm-hmm. brought in a group out of indianapolis mm-hmm. by the name of millhouse who works in tier two cities indianapolis Mil- milwaukee oklahoma city pittsburgh nashville and uh, uh they and UCB Properties got together and uh, made a strong pitch for uh, redeveloping south of 27th Street. Well, about that time, Hall's uh, moved from the plaza, Hall's uh, merchandise, uh, back to Crown Center. Mm -hmm. And so they need more people. And uh, what better than to build residential right next door? So that will be a residential development. I'm I'm seeing other things, maybe mixed use there too, um, but close to Union Hill and close to downtown. It's it's a great location. It is, and uh, Longfellow to the to the east, where mm-hmm. where all Your the doctors and the lawyers and the government people used to live, mm-hmm. and they take the uh, the, the streetcar uh, that used to go down Gillum Road uh, downtown. Mm-hmm. And you can get Longfellow. So Longfellow is right by Children's Mercy then around that area. It is. Right? Okay. Four blocks. Okay. And you just some of these houses are just so cool. They just look great. Well, a lot of doctors are beginning to say, well, why do I need to drive 40 minutes each way every day right. when I can live in a really cool neighborhood and have a contemporary house and walk to work? Mm-hmm. Have much more time with well, my kids. What was, Michael, you have a question? Oh, I was just, uh, I was cheating a little bit on my, on, on the, <laughs> my phone looking at the map and i was just really interested to see these different areas that that you've been involved in and how one connects to the other and how there's a a general theme of what you're doing in each of those but mm-hmm. i'm also kind of real amazed at how each property is different and unique in its own way so it's not it's not a cookie cutter approach to every single house or every single neighborhood but there's a like I said, there's a general theme to everything, consistent theme to what you're doing. Well, the theme is high quality uh, design, and uh, we feel that these neighborhoods deserve the best. 
And that's what they had 100, 120 years ago when uh, architects came in and designed really cool uh, houses that were contemporary then. So uh, between uh, draw architects, HOK architects, which happens to be where my daughter works, uh, and uh, Richard Hu and uh, Kim Kim Studios, and they're all they're all uh, basically uh, local architects who uh, have a strong interest in in following our design criteria and designing really interesting houses and apartment buildings. Mm-hmm. And like we said, I mean these are affordable. Well, they're affordable so far. Uh, <laughs> uh, when you get uh, uh, into Longfellow and then east into Beacon Hill, uh, the land is is still reasonably priced, mm-hmm. or it was when we bought our land. It, uh, we've set the set the market now. Uh, the city thinks it's more valuable, but uh, that's another story. But it's still uh, fairly uh, inexpensive to uh, buy the land, and that's the fir- uh, a developer looks at his land cost. Uh, more than anything, when when you start a development, mm-hmm. you can't make it work uh, unless you can buy buy right, because uh, our pro formas all start uh, from the top down uh, with the final price that you can get for a home, but it really goes back to what you pay for the land. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned um, you're going to be looking at other land to buy. I mean, there's a lot of houses that need to be updated are all throughout the eastern part of the city. Well, yeah, people come to us all the time and say, you know, we you build more in Brookside and uh will you build more in Hyde Park? Well, Hyde Park has been pretty much picked picked over. And Brookside uh it ha- that's interesting, you know. I I hear that. I talked to people that live there and you know, it's been there forever, you know. It's it's pretty picked over, you're right. Yeah. So, uh we can infill with uh, single-family houses. Mm-hmm. But what we w- we like to do is make a, we want to be catalytic. Mm-hmm. We want to come into a neighborhood like we did in Longfellow and Beacon Hill and uh, buy an, enough property to build, say, uh, five to ten houses in Longfellow like we did, uh, 15 to 20 in uh, Beacon Hill. And we don't mind other developers coming in. Uh, we don't think uh, most developers have the same aesthetic that we have mm-hmm. and the high quality of uh, craftsmanship and design. But uh, nevertheless, we've sold everything we've built, and uh, I, I, I'm a little bit amazed that we were able to sell $500,000 houses east of Troost. Mm-hmm. But uh, the market seems to be there. There are a lot of people, especially young people, who don't see Troost as a barrier. Really? That's interesting to hear. Well, they didn't, you know, they've grown up uh, since the 80s. And uh, they didn't have to go through the, uh, the civil rights issues of the 60s. Mm-hmm. So they um, they see opportunities east of Truce. They don't see it as a barrier. Mm-hmm. And connecting Truce to the city is, is very important. And we're seeing you do that in uh, in Brookside area. I mean, well, maybe you and other people, but we're seeing, uh, and also too with the Crossroads area, it seems to be connecting more to 18th and Vine. It, it, East Crossroads is growing. Right. The um, East Brookside area is growing. Well, Those what happens is uh, developers come into a core, and what they do is they uh, 
they pick the low hanging fruit and then they price, they get too pricey. So Crossroads is pricey now. Mm-hmm. Downtown's pricey. Uh, Westport is becoming pricey. Okay. Plaza is already overpriced. So where do you go? Mm-hmm. You have to go, uh, you can go south to Waldo and that's becoming, uh, kind of interesting. Um, you can go north, but then you run back into, uh, uh, Hyde Park and Crossroads again. Uh, you can go west into Kansas, but, uh, but you're the urban guy. Yeah, it seems like yeah. people are coming, coming, people are moving back from Kansas to Missouri. Yeah. So, uh, the way to go is east. And luckily for us, we've got several what we call legacy properties. Uh, the Nelson Gallery, mm-hmm. uh, UMKC, Rockhurst. Those, those institutions aren't going anywhere. Children's Mercy, Truman, uh, Medical. Mm-hmm. They're there for the long, long haul. Well, I love this conversation, John and Michael, and uh, we have a lot more to talk about. It's kind of fascinating. I like to peel back kind of some of the motivations and some of the things you're looking forward to in the future as you continue to develop Kansas City. We'll be right back on Grill Nation. Thanks for joining us. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body. It drops. Welcome back to Grill Nation. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining me again today, uh, 980 AM, grillnationshow.com, and on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. I want to quickly again thank our partners and supporters of Grill Nation with Jason Grill. Our title sponsors of the show are Trust, MoBank, BOKI Financial, and Two West Advisors. And I want to also thank some of our uh, on-air contributors and co-hosts, such as Ryan Maybe from the Rieger, Kansas City Power and Light District, and Clifton Alexander from Reactor Design Studios. Uh, Michael Viazzoli. Mo Bank, BOK Financial, uh, President and Chief Executive Officer, and John Hoffman from UCB Properties. Uh, website is UC-B Properties. I urge you to check this website out. They are doing some amazing things here in Kansas City in some areas uh, that have maybe been neglected in past past years but uh, are quickly coming back and uh, really doing a lot of really neat things in the urban core here in Kansas City, and, and the design, and the we talked about the the neighborhoods, the the housing looks are contemporary housing that you see sometimes when you go out to California or you go to uh, some up and coming areas. Uh, you don't see those as much here in Kansas City, but John is changing that. We're having some really cool contemporary designs and builds, and we need more of those, in my opinion. Um, so, talk to us about again about uh, Brookside. So, you guys have a pretty swanky development I've seen on that street. <laughs> I used to take my dog over to the Brookside Pet Concierge, which is right over there. Um, but I drove by. It's got the wood the wood look, the contemporary look, and that also is going to connect more people, I think, east, which is important. I think East Brookside is growing, right? Well, what happened is I grew up in Brookside, yeah. so I'm coming back to my roots. <laughs> and um, after we finished uh, Gillen Park Row, mm-hmm. and it leased up in 90 days, so we knew we were doing something right. Right, because you, you you literally are that building. You know, it's it's it looks great. I mean, it, it just it pops the Gillum Rome building, and so you know we haven't had any new development like that. And I know in Brookside there hasn't been any right in a long time. No, we we were uh, the first ones to to take a look at uh, east of uh, Main Street mm-hmm. and uh, between Oak and um, Truce. There had been a whole uh, medical 
industry, um, and then Cle- Cleveland Chiropractic mm-hmm. that uh, came and and left. Mm. So a lot of empty buildings, and uh, we saw it as an opportunity. And fortunately, our uh, cohort in this was uh, Butch Rigby. Mm-hmm. And I've had him on the show. I've known him for years. Yeah. Since he was an attorney a long time ago. <laughs> Um, more so than it's so, uh, Butch lives across the street from my daughter and son-in-law. Oh, cool. And, uh, we told Butch that, uh, we just bought, um, an empty lot, the last uh, of the Cleveland chiropractic holdings mm-hmm. and we were going to build a, a new apartment building. He says, really, I've been looking at that area for a long time, but I wasn't going to pull the trigger by, by myself, but if you're going in there, I'm going in there. So, mm-hmm. He went in around us and bought uh, five properties, uh, all basically empty. And uh, we began to design um, what we call 63 Brookside. Mm -hmm. And um, I said to my wife, uh, are you ready to move out of uh, the River Market? She said, what? I said, well, you know, we want to be closer uh, to our grandkids and yeah, and uh, back to the roots and Brookside, and uh, we aren't getting any younger. And actually, uh, River Market's getting a little crowded now with the new streetcar. And uh, it is definitely pro- probably a good time to sell. So uh, we put our place on the market, and uh, uh, we put a high price on it, and uh, it sold in ten days. Wow! So uh, we were supposed to move in in January to our new uh, one of our new townhouses. Next to a fabulous new bakery called Heirloom mm-hmm. Bakery. At, uh, Drove by it the other day, and then I went across the street to uh, another one, another yeah. juice place, uh, for, before, between meetings with the realtors and friends. And uh, I, uh, it's a great area. Your, your well, property, uh, the townhouses look great. Thank you. Um, again, you're using a lot of the wood. We love uh, cedar. Yeah. Uh, we love metal, uh, stucco. And in this case, uh, a lot of uh, concrete uh, for the base, and uh, they're open. It's open architecture. Uh, people have uh, two of them are finished, so we've had some open houses, and uh, people walk through and they just can't believe what they see because mm-hmm. they're not traditional at all. You have good choices between uh, oh, the exclusive uh, uh, condos around the plaza and uh crestwood and then you come and look at these uh townhouses they're very stylish i love it and i had a quick question as i just the way my mind works one and we kind of touched on this earlier one thing is to put up the building and the building could be kind of whatever grade however contemporary how you know moderate you want it but if you don't have all the things around it that allow people to have a lifestyle that makes them comfortable and interested in moving into that. It doesn't work. And as you mentioned earlier, you being a catalyst in many ways around a lot of these neighborhoods. Have you been able, or have you ever thought about calculating what your economic impact has been to a particular area around which you have a development? Cause it, let's just say it starts at zero and it goes to something. I, I would think that'd be a pretty big number. Well, I think it is a big number, uh, and I think there's some other people uh, that are into data keeping that have shown uh, that the catalytic effect is dramatic. Mm-hmm. Especially in Brookside. I mean, East Brookside. I mean, 
that's uh, you can notice that there'd been nothing there yeah except mm. empty buildings and uh those buildings dated back to the 50s and all of a sudden it's cool to have uh mid-century they call it mid-century modern uh and we blended blended it with uh contemporary design and we used some metal siding uh on on our uh both our buildings and the city was a little behind they they said well why are you using metal on it? We said, well, there's metal everywhere from the 50s, and we think it's cool, and it blends uh, today with traditional products like stucco and, and cedar and brick. Mm-hmm. But uh, they, they, they still stood pretty uh, firm. And I said, well, when was your plan adopted? They said, well, in the year 2000. I said, well. Things have changed. It's 15 years later. I mean, <laughs> you know. Uh, we didn't even have an iPhone 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, good point. It's 2007 even, right? Not even 10 years ago, barely 10 years ago. So, uh, so you know, we got it through, Yeah, and we built it, and now people um, think it's really cool. Now to, they love all your stuff. Now they're like, Can build more, please. <laughs> yeah. more." But. Well, and then Butch came in, and um, he rehabbed five buildings, mm-hmm. um, and they're all full. Mm-hmm. So he's looking for more product. That's yeah. awesome. And that is going to bridge the gap even more to Truce, which we talked about. You're doing a lot between Truce and the Truce 31st to 63rd Street. Um, that's kind of been a commitment to, that you guys have made. Uh, affordable, really cool housing, growing that area is something that's been important to you guys. Well, Truce is important, and it's not just at 63rd. When you look at a, a you know, from 30,000 feet, you see Truce. Uh, it used to be a very uh, viable mm-hmm. uh, service uh corridor yeah and it's got you know the the max uh the truce max line is the heaviest used uh used uh, uh transportation in the ata system yeah so we saw that as an opportunity young people don't necessarily need cars yeah and so when you look down at 24th where we're going to build a, our first hotel on truce what is the name of that uh that's a la quinta okay and that's going to go at 24th and, and Truce. That's a 90-unit, uh, kind of a, a mid-priced uh, to uh, serve the two hospitals. That's awesome. And serve east of Truce. Mm-hmm. Well that's going to be the typical Quinta kind of model, right? Uh, or is well, that going to have your flair? No, to it? it'll have our architecture. Okay. It'll, it'll be a La Quinta inside. So it'll, so it'll look cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just like the filling station did when that popped up in your right. other developments. Yeah. Uh, uh, Generator Studios has uh, designed our uh, the hotel for us. Oh, cool. And they're local. And uh, it's going to be beautiful. So you're really excited. I can tell just you're, look, you're a visionary. You said that in future. I mean, what do you envision? I mean, how do you see the next 30 to 40 years looking in that area? Because I, if you keep doing all this, you know. Well, the city's going to move east again. So you're, you're really envisioning the city kind of coming back towards its Corbin core. The suburban sprawl is going to end at some well, point. Well, uh, the change began 10 years ago. And we fix our schools, right? right. Public schools. Well, the two, a lot things, of stuff happening with that. two things are security and schools. Okay. And so the schools, we have a, a new superintendent who's excellent. Mm-hmm. And we have the charter system. Mm-hmm. And you have more people my age bracket, you know, the late 30s, early 40s, building their own, trying to get people together to build charter high schools and charter Great schools. It seems like in the downtown area, well, yeah. some, and and some young, of the older buildings that aren't utilized like they used to be. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And young people uh, want to be close to where they uh, work and play. Mm-hmm. Live, work, and play. Isn't that the whole uh, right. mixed-use motto? So uh, that 40-minute commute uh, may be something of the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we see uh, commerce moving out to the suburbs also. Cerner and... Uh, you know, all along the that's kind of then Michael and I haven't had that talk yet, but that is kind of the the thing that Kansas City needs to embrace. I mean, if you put some of these huge companies headquartered downtown again, or in because that's where everyone wants to live when they live in the urban core, right? And the urban core, I mean, just think of how many yeah more good talent you can Walk recruit to, to your work, business. Take, take the streetcar. Yeah, it's a talent driven world. Um, Ride your bike. But it gives you that uh, 40 minutes uh, times two times a year mm-hmm. gives you a lot of time to be out uh, exercising mm-hmm. with your family, doing... Uh, you have more know. time back. I definitely right. noticed that. And we got 18 seconds left in the seven. But I lived in uh, Parkville and uh, drove downtown every day or drove to the plaza. You do save a lot of time now that I live downtown with all kinds of stuff that you don't even think about. Uh, but you do save it and you can go to the gym. I mean, there's so many other things you can accomplish. Sure. Um, John Hoffman, Michael Viazzoli are with me today. We have one last segment left. We're going to talk about tiny apartments and micro units. And uh, John was, uh, they were in the Wall Street Journal here recently and we're going to comment on that. You're listening to Girl Nation. Welcome back to the show. Jason Grill, your host, along with Michael Viazzoli from MoBank BOK Financial and John Hoffman with UCB Properties. The website is UC-B Properties. Fascinating uh, site, fascinating company. They're, they're doing some really neat things here in Kansas City's Urban Core, uh, developing uh, single-family homes, apartments, townhomes uh, in the uh, Urban Core area, which is going to be growing hopefully in the future. Um, talk to us about you were you you were quoted in the Wall Street Journal here, John, uh, recently about um, what do they call these things? The uh, tiny apartments, micro units, micro units. Yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, the the article was builders bet tiny apartments will lure renters. Well, three hundred square foot apartments fly in Pittsburgh and Kansas City, and you were quoted in this article, uh, which is congratulations, but um, really cool. Tell us about uh, what you vision in. Uh, Tiny, tiny micro units, like micro units in Kansas City, because I know this is hot on the uh, West Coast and East Coast, right? The major cities. It is, and I think it's moving uh, to other cities uh, off the coast mm-hmm. uh, for several reasons. One, the uh, the size doesn't seem to matter to young people, and uh, the convenience. Uh, our units are going to be uh, all you need is a mattress. Wow, uh, they're all built in, and. Uh, the transient uh, nature of y- young people today, moving from job to job, city to city, place to place. Um, it's kind of interesting because it reminds me of when I got in entrepreneurship of like the co-working spaces. They've kind of taken off, right? People don't really care. They don't. Young people don't care if they're sharing an office with somebody or they have shared areas. Um, you know, and my dad always would be like, "We need to get you an office." You need, you know, it's totally different now. Like. Than it used to be, in my opinion. It's people are willing to take less, save a little money, and have shared resources. Exactly, and yeah. uh, you know the city is uh, still a little behind uh, 
in their planning. Uh, that, that's kind of a recurring <laughs> thing I'm finding on the show. We had uh, we had a guy that started a restaurant, Corvino's, and he was just talking about like code and getting everything approved and how long it takes. And I was down at the uh, Rieger uh, Distillery the other day, and they went through the process of say, building a distillery, the first one since Prohibition in Kansas City, Missouri. They basically rewrote the whole code. Uh, took a year. So, I mean, hopefully these things will start to get updated with entrepreneurs and visionaries like you working with the planners and the code people. <laughs> well, <laughs> That'd it, be nice. You know, it's uh, it's uh, sometimes a, uh, a struggle yeah. to get them to see our point. But the point is this. Um, we're going to build these 50 uh, micro units at 55th and Troost. It'll be the first new uh, apartment project on Troost in many, many years, I think uh, since the early 80s. Um, we were also fortunate that, uh, one of our bankers, uh, has, uh, come with us on this. And so, uh, we'll be able to finance it, mm-hmm. but, uh, these units will be uh, smaller than 300 square feet, which is like a, uh, it's like a, a dorm room. Well, or a, or a cabin on a, on a ship, a oh, cruise ship, right? Yeah. Or, uh, you know, a hotel room, small hotel room, but, uh, there, everything's built in, mm. In fact, uh, the bathroom doesn't have a sink. The okay. Sink, the sink so is, how do I uh, shave in the morning or comb <laughs> the, my hair? The sink is next to the bathroom. <laughs> okay. And it also serves the kitchen. Interesting. And there's, there's no stove. Yeah, I don't. I, that's something no I can stove. do. I, I, that's the one thing about living downtown is I have the cor, uh, the um, uh, Costantinos right there. Right. So, so I don't think I have anything in my fridge right well, now except, people, ki- except Lacroix and yeah. some some wine or something. I mean, it's always eating wherever you can. Exactly. Yeah. And young people, uh, you know, they want to go out for uh, Starbucks or you know whatever coffee. And shop. And they can save that money because these units uh, are pretty affordable. They're very affordable. Yeah. Uh, they'll be somewhere around eight hundred. Uh, a unit, and uh, that's including all utilities. Wow, and uh, no furniture. So you all you need is a mattress, and they're very cool. They're beautifully designed. Uh, the design comes from Singapore, hmm. and so the bed is actually in the mez- mezzanine. They're sixteen to seventeen feet uh, high. And did this happen kind of on the coast because of all the things you've talked about, but also too because you know when you're living in New York City. There's not as much space as there is in Missouri and Kansas. So Pricing that yeah. and availability. Yeah. Interesting. And so, so this will be our first one in Kansas City? First one. Okay. That's why we got in the Wall Street Journal. I thought that was cool. That was in April, if you want to check out the article. Uh, so so who's going to be moving into yeah, this? Yeah. I'm curious well, to the audience. Uh, first of all, uh, rockers keep saying, we need more space. We don't have enough dorm, uh, dorm room. And... In a sense, they'll be a little bit like a dorm, although most dorms have four beds, one bathroom, uh, one kitchen, and, uh, uh, you know, living Common room. area. Common yeah. area. You would think, yeah, with UMKC and Rockhurst right around there. But Right. But as you get to be a uh, junior or senior or grad student yeah. or uh, a young uh, graduate who enjoyed the experience around the campus mm-hmm. and wants to stay close – and know that the uh, the max line's right there, where they can bike to uh, Stowers. Uh, it uh, it becomes a natural for them, uh, not e- not even to move away from from this area. And uh, so that's why uh, that's we think our plus they're starting off their careers, right? So they don't have as much money. So maybe they have some student loans. So makes yeah. sense. And uh, you know, young young people today, uh, the 
the bedroom will be on the mezzanine and it'll be a queen size platform to put a mattress on. So young people, you you know, you could have two people in there just as easily as one. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't, but uh, well. <laughs> other people could. I live in a 800 square foot and it's, it's, it's tight. It's not tight, but if you have a couple, a dog or two and closet space, I mean, you know how it is. I mean, it's, sure. it's a lot easier if it's a, it's a one person in those right. places. So, and there's no washer dryer in these units. Uh, because we think that that's a, uh, a social media area uh, for young people. So yeah. there'll, there'll be an area. Uh, I, I, that's what I did until I was, yeah. gosh, I mean, I used to go, I lived in St. Louis. I'd go to the laundromat all the time. Sure. And did it in and law there'll be too. another area where you can plug in your computer and a group of you can, can watch a show. This is cool. On Netflix and on a big screen. Is, is there going to be a common space on each of the floors yes. or in the? On the main floor, no common space on okay. each floor, and uh, what's the, this? What's this going to be called? Uh, Scholars Row. Scholars Row. Okay, got to keep hours out for that, Michael. And when I'd like that? to see that. I'd like to get on a tour of that, John. Yeah. When when we, when you have the we hope to cut break it? ground uh, this summer. Okay. And it should be ready in about ten months. Fifty-five so, units. Fifty units. Fifty units. Okay. Forty-seven micros and three ADA units. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, the city was real concerned about parking, and so they always are concerned aren't and, they, about parking. And so were the neighbors. You know, issue. the neighbors were too. They they've been abused over the years because a lot of the students park on residential streets, and uh, we said, you know, we'll have ninety spaces for fifty units, and we only are required to have uh, forty spaces, but uh, we have retail up and down. We own the whole block, hmm. so fifty uh, fifth and Troost. Between 55th and 56th on the west side of Troost. Okay. You got me wanting to drive around town, John. I'm going to start driving around in all these new neighborhoods that I haven't seen in years. And, you uh, just complicated his house search. I know, well. I know. I, I just like seeing all the different parts of Kansas yeah. City, you know. Well, um, something else that we've done that I think is a very big part of our company now is uh, we've partnered with uh, a young man who has been rehabbing older homes east of Troost. Okay. And we just finished a couple of them in Mannheim. Uh, and they sold in the first week. That's awesome. And they sold for fairly high prices. And I, I asked the buyers, well, you know, what attracted you? And they said, well, that same house, two blocks west in in Hyde Park, would be thirty to forty percent higher. Yeah. yeah. And we don't see Troost as a barrier. That's awesome. Michael Viazzoli, MoBank, BLK Financial President and Chief Executive Officer, John Hoffman, UCB Properties. I appreciate you coming on the show today and for all your uh, great insight and knowledge. Great. Glad to be well, with thank you. Thanks, Michael, for setting this Always up. Always fun. You've been listening to Grill Nation with Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us again this week. We'll see you next week. Take care.